And what's up, you guys? Joshua Loya, a.k.a. Josh with Jedi, the aspiring servant warrior. I have with me uh, a guy I've known for a wee bit. Uh, he, uh, like me, has had, has a whole bunch of people with his name, but uh, he, he likes to shorten it. What's up, man? So, Yo. Josh, Josh Wolfer. The uh, the amazing uh, bass player and composition guy extraordinaire as of late, and a few other few other things you got going on. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks yeah, for having me. For sure, dude. I, I, hopefully, people find it interesting. It's not just two dudes reminiscing about you know trying to walk through a, dry, a Burger King drive through. <laughs> yeah, but but if they've never tried it, I mean, really, maybe we're gonna inspire some young you know? people. Well, to, right now, there's a something. lot of people without cars, and a lot of places they're only doing takeout. So maybe now's the time. Yeah. Save on gas, save the earth, walk through a Burger King. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we were talking about Wayne's World and like old movies and stuff uh, before uh, we went to recording. And just, I was curious where you were going to go with it. Um, what were you going to say on that? <clears throat> yeah, just random tangent. Um, I was going to say, as much as I really don't like a lot of the rehashes and the reboots on everything, I am kind of really looking forward to uh, the new Bill and Ted's. Oh, it's not a not a uh, a reboot. It's a sequel. Well, I mean, I, I kind of lump them in the same category. Well, I, I, I but, see it as a different thing, but but maybe you know, for me, actually, it's funny because Bill and Ted has like a a special place in my heart. Um, so my my dad, uh, who's you know, he's not like super old or whatever. He's like in his early sixties or whatever. But, um, the, one of the few times we hung out where it was just a father son deal and it was super chill is took me to see Bill and Ted, uh, the first one. And then, you know, we basically spent the whole day together, went to the boardwalk in Santa Cruz, uh, for those not aware and taught me how to play the foosball. And I do actually mean <laughs> foosball. Don't we play none of that foosball. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, what was cool is when I moved out to Ohio, we went and saw one of the first things we did when I moved out there, we saw Bill and Ted's bogus journey out in the theater. So it's, it's the, the franchise has kind of a, a, a meaning for me, you know, certain weird movies have that. Yep. So anyway, man, like, uh, so I know people are going to want to know all kinds of gnarly stuff uh periodically whatever but um they want the dirt on you they they want the dirt on me maybe uh <laughs> but you you get some dirt on you you've had like see how long you've been doing the the car racing thing like you, you kind of do uh you got into that somewhere ever once you got this wild hair and you moved to texas from california you went all kinds of redneck in a good way hey it's a korean car i'm not too redneck <laughs> <laughs> uh, about five years or so um it's actually been a lot uh, more of a lull that I want because I blew my motor to smithereens and I've been too lazy to install the new one. All right. So, uh, is there a story there? Like, did you, did uh, somebody hit you or do you, uh, blow it out in a race or something or what? No, the, the story is don't ever trust anybody who is selling race car parts. It's a lie. <laughs> Nobody sells working race car parts. They are full of shit. <laughs> They're like, Oh, I got this perfect, amazing motor. And, uh, you know, I'm going to sell it to you for cheap because oh, I just got bored. I want to go get a different car. Yeah, fucking liars. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, no, you, no, are you wait? Are you telling me that people aren't always honest on Craigslist? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when, when will I learn? Um, but no, I mean, so I, so I bought a Hyundai Genesis Coupe and I got a bug up my ass to make it faster. 
And so I slapped a big fat turbo on it. And as that tends to do, I uh, blew up the motor, which was okay because I kind of expected it. I mean, it was fun. Right. And so... So did um, you get a little bit of driving out of it before it uh, bit the dust on you? Yeah, actually, surprisingly, I got about 45,000 miles out of it with the added turbo and including... Did you uh, use it for race at all? Yeah, yeah. So I did about 10 or so track days. Um, which are, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but it's pretty hard on the car. Um, you're, you're pushing it hard. And yeah, it, it lasted pretty good. I mean, I expected it to be temporary. I was already planning on having to you know, build a new motor. Um, but yeah, that, that scenario I just described happened where, you know, a guy said, oh, I've got my fully built race block and I'm, <laughs> I'm just no bored. I'm going to go get something else. And so I was, oh, sweet. This guy's been in the community. He seems really smart. He's always making videos, you know, telling people how much of an expert he is. So I was like, sure. And so I got this block and this fucking guy, man, there were like <laughs> bolts in the oil. I'm not even joking. There were literal bolts in the oil pan. Okay. Uh, well, that, that inspires confidence, you know, extra parts, right? So yeah, he, uh, <laughs> uh I'll, I'll save the gory details, but he decided that in order to improve cooling and oil flow, he was going to use a Dremel to widen the oil passages. Um, uh, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I know crap about cars <laughs> other than they need oil and gas and you should get the brakes checked once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I know that's d- a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. So, so anybody that uh, has gone through high school science classes, which I guess I don't, I have. So I don't know. Now. Have you seen the reactions <laughs> that people have had to scientific data in the last three or four months? Just saying. Yeah, we're a little science phobic right now. So anyway, long story short, uh, it couldn't hold oil pressure, and that's the day I learned that it sucks because I spent probably ten grand on that motor. Ouch. Yeah. Now, but anyway, not yeah. all of your your experience in racing has been quite so unpleasant. I mean, like, was it something you always wanted to get into? Because I mean, you had a, uh, a motorcycle when you lived in California and stuff, and mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, the motorcycles were fun, and that's kind of part of it. Uh, so I had a sport bike, and that thing was ungodly fast. Um, and unfortunately, I wrecked it, like most people tend to do, three weeks after getting it. Uh, but it wasn't my fault. I swear. Um, but everybody says that. And so, but it was really fun. And so being in Texas, um, you know, there's obviously a lot more, uh, freedoms to do things than there are in California. Well, there's also uh, a lot more like (laughs) giant, uh, stretches of abandoned road in Texas than there is in California too, I imagine. Yeah. So the, the freeway right by my house has an 85 mile an hour speed limit. So a little different coming out here from being in California. Southern California, we have a few higher uh, a little different than the NorCal by Santa Cruz, though. They're like, you can straight pipe your car, and the cops are like, cool, sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, after I, I got the car and was having fun with it, I got into tracking it from some of the local car groups and, and modding it, boosting up the power. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. Some Some sketchy moments. It's not always, you know, safe to be driving crazy speeds on well gee on I, it's almost like if you get inside this big giant box where fire gets like flammable liquids get lit on fire that something could possibly go wrong yeah <laughs> but hey nothing in life worth doing is risk-free you know i, I it's it's actually kind of cool because so um when i when i quit my job like four years ago i remember like i was kind of waiting and kind of figuring out what i was doing and i was and basically i, I quit my not 
really complicated technology job, right? I was doing the computer literacy <coughs> thing and um Okay, sorry, I'm keep getting these stupid emails. I gotta like actually hang up, close this out. Anyway. Boop. Bleep. <laughs> no, we'll keep it live. Bleep. We'll we'll put all Bleep. the oh, or or is that you that you doing the notifications <laughs> yeah. to distract me? Gotcha. I was like, do you want me to send you ten pages of exclamation points? <laughs> <laughs> so so in the old days now now screen readers have gotten smart now. I'm screen re- so I'm so sorry. no no this is great so so if you guys uh I'm, most of you who are listening now realize that i'm blind in case you're trying to like trying to figure out there's an odd dynamic to this conversation um so i i have my computer speak to me when i read emails now now if you have three consecutive punctuation marks uh or more it just says you know repeating whatever it's not going to do exclamation 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 <laughs> however <laughs> when uh you know like i said i've known josh since like 94 so somewhere prior to 2002 i don't know exactly i just know that it was during the time that i was living in santa cruz um josh sends me it might was it even the joe ash thing I don't even remember. No, but, at this but, point. but 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 he sends me this email with six fucking pages of exclamation <laughs> points, and my screen and the speech engine or whatever determined the the, the dictionary of the the speech synth that I was using was not intelligent enough to go. Oh, that's a lot of exclamation points! I should stop. This guy is no. an asshole. He has sent you a lot of exclamation points. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it should have been. But no, Josh sends me a, like six pages of this shit. So anyway, um, wh- I don't even know what the hell we were talking about. We were talking about driving. We were talking. Oh, yeah, I completely derailed it. This this is going to be a common theme. I guarantee. <laughs> so yes, this this is yeah. We'll, we'll get this. We're talking about talk uh, driving cars. We're talking about uh, Bill and Ted's. No, what's that? I swear, I'm not even high right now. I just. I just... <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll come back. <laughs> Cancel cultures. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Oh, 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 yes. Okay. Actually, I kind of remember. I don't know why this makes me think this. When I quit my job like four years ago, um, I had a technology job, and it was you know it was, I was teaching people how to use their computers uh, and deal with de- deal with what you have to do when somebody sends you six pages of exclamation points. Um, and I was taking a big risk of quitting my job, and at the time to go pursue judo, and ultimately judo is really really hard, and I still like it a lot, but I'm way better at surfing than I am at judo. Uh, and, uh, I think on a Facebook post or something, you said, uh, nothing that nobody went and did something difficult or, or something like that and said, I wish I would have played it easy or I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. the quote, but it was something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but Josh has had my back in put up with my bullshit more, more than almost anybody on this planet. Uh, and somehow we're still friends. I don't know how that, that <laughs> Uh, like how how many how many obnoxious uh uh you know um girlfriends that i have or like did i get hung up on stuff like there's the time of the one time where i threw my t-shirt out in the middle of the uh what like mission street in santa cruz i was gonna go chase out after it because i was my girlfriend and i were fighting at the time oh yeah man (laughs) you're you're digging into the good stash i am i am (laughs) i was not always the well uh you know, level-headed uh, 
you know, adventure seeking, you know, whatever guy that I am. You had adventures though. I did. Well, yeah, there's that. Uh, see, there's a few. Um, did I ever end up driving your truck? You know, it's crazy because I was trying I to feel think like about I've, that. I feel like I've driven your car, but w- maybe it's just we kept talking about doing it. So, it's really weird. So, here's it's the funny thing about how memories work and how totally. you can't really trust them all the time. Um, because I would swear that you drove my car. I but, swear. But do you remember that dream you had where I was driving your truck? I was driving a big old truck. And I pull, we talked about that dream. I think that's what it was. It, it's got to be because here's the thing. My, my truck was a manual, and I'm almost certain you are not driving it. Well, I actually, I drove, uh, I drove Kurt Patrick's uh, RX-7 in a parking lot. Well, shit, maybe you did then. I, see, I, I don't remember. What I do know absolutely happened is us driving around uh, Capitola and you putting your cane out the side of the passenger side <laughs> and navigating the car as I'm closing my eyes <laughs> while driving, which is probably and by the illegal, way, at, so at, it definitely at the, didn't happen. It, yeah, it, and and just for the record, um, and I'm, it's actually I'm not using hyperbole here. I was pretty damn close to straight edge in high school, so this was like around up until like I was actually um, legally allowed to purchase <laughs> alcohol. I think I had gotten drunk three times in my whole life, hmm. something like that. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was I was pretty. Not that I'm a big lush now, but <laughs> like, um, you know, I like an adult beverage from time to time. Yeah, but yeah, you know, alcohol was such a uh, shitty experience in my family growing up that I I stayed far far away from it for a long time. Yeah. Um, have no problem with it, but I, I don't really recreational drink a whole lot. Um, I do have a tendency where if I am going to drink, I get completely smashed on my brains, which is probably really not healthy either. Um, no, but but you're not like a you're not a hair of the dog dude. Like no. you know you know when you you know when you've hit a certain threshold when you have a morning. And now it, it's actually kind of I used to think it would be cool to have beer for breakfast. First time I actually had beer for breakfast, I just got tired and wanted to go back to bed. <laughs> oh. So did you put it in Fruit Loops or Cheerios? Uh, no, I just had it straight. See, <laughs> maybe that was my problem. Should have put it in the Captain Crunch or whatever. But well, I, I've only woken up mid vomit once in my life. So oh I, dear, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yes, and it was blue. Oh, um, you know, Kool Aid isn't not not what I would recommend as a mixer for vodka. But you know, no, 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 sugar and alcohol. Yeah. Oh, that's, how you, that's how you know I'm old. I'm like, oh no, sugar. And, of course, it's funny because all I drink really are margaritas because there's a bomb. How can <laughs> you go you wrong go. with sugar? Yeah. Anyway. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a man- meandering episode. Buckle up, fun, uh, <laughs> folks. Uh, yeah, I almost, yeah, anyway. Um, so, we had a couple of adventures. I do remember uh, you were with me when I got my one and unfortunately still only tattoo. <laughs> I was, <laughs> and and you, you actually helped me. Yeah, yeah. Staircase, and I, I assume staircase is still around. Uh, so when things do open up, uh, I, I don't know if it's still the same legendary quality that it did. But staircase tattoo back in, and piercing back in the day in Santa Cruz was the absolute place to go for all that stuff. Nah, so uh, so, so I'm going to sidetrack a lot. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, staircase. I actually I don't know and don't really care if they're still around um, because um, Tim. 
who's the, the guy who's done all of my tattoos. So every single tattoo I've gotten from him, uh, which involves flying back from Texas to, to California, um, he's got his own shop um, in Santa Cruz now um, called Bad Omen Tattoo. I'm sorry, okay. good omen tattoo, bad omen tattoo. Can't even, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, www.wrongwebsite.com. Yeah, I love this guy. Here's his not company. Uh, it's good omen tattoo, and it's super, super cool. Um, Tim's a great dude. Aaron's a great dude. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, they're about to get shut back down. Um, Were they even able to do any work in the last few weeks? Tiny, tiny little bit. Um yeah, okay. it's 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 killing me, man. I've got a lot of friends in artist jobs, whether it be California. I really need to turn my here. my computer. Hold on a second, there, buddy. Uh, we'll actually go back and we'll have uh, Justin edit this part. So we'll go back to a little bit of work or something like that. A, a little bit of work, <clears throat> uh, like artsy stuff. No, no, like the the tattoo thing. So we'll do this. So how much work were they able to do in the last few weeks? Oh, yeah. So I don't think a lot. Um, you know, it got shut down and then it reopened for a little while and now it's getting shut right back down. Um, so, it, yeah, it really sucks, man. Um, I, I've got lots of friends that are in artist type jobs, whether it be you know tattoo guys or musicians or, or set designers out here. Yeah, live um, music is like nothing right now. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's 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 killing me. Um, I'm really thankful and appreciative that I've got income outside of the arts, um, but I'm watching a lot of friends really struggle. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean, I guess you're doing a little bit of stuff on some of your your composition stuff, but uh, before that, we'll we'll because we'll, because uh, this is how you know you have a real friend, somebody who will uh, fuck with you in, in, during vulnerable moments. <laughs> Um, yeah. so, so Josh actually, which was really cool. Like I, I trust Josh with my life. And if I, if I say it's like, Hey dude, does this look stupid? He'll tell me it looks stupid. Like he, he and I can be super direct with each other. Um, and so he, I have on my, my left shoulder, um, or upper arm, I have a, uh, a ring of thorns, uh, three spikes. And then the, the I and RI in kind of funky lettering the, that you see on the, um, a lot of the pictures of Jesus and stuff. So um, not the picture of Jesus on there, but I just have the, the letters and stuff. It was, you know, the time, like, you know, my faith is still important to me, even though I'm a little bit unconventional to say it, put it mildly. Um, but at the time I was like, you know what? The first tattoo, it's got to be a God tattoo. And Josh was like, all right, let me help you figure this out. We look for, for designs and stuff. And we went and like, you know, I had kind of a still at the time, uh, a needle phobia, which is gone by the way, tattoos and piercings will do that to you. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, you know, I got to the point where I got like this crazy, like rush of endorphins. Um, as again, I was totally straight edge at the time. Uh, got a, uh, uh, was full on high from just getting the tattoo. Uh, the tattoo artist, she takes off the, uh, the, all the little thing. And she, she, uh, shows it to Josh because so, he was my, my visual verification. And, uh, and to, to, to kind of say, like, how do, you know, huh? how'd I do? It's like, uh, what was your response? Dude, what the hell did she do to your arm? <laughs> I know. It's the worst thing and, to do. It's, it's and better it was to like, do that it was, to somebody who can actually right. look in a mirror yeah. or something. But you've got no ability to verify that I am fucking with you. The, the first two seconds of that, I was like, I was like, 
and, and I, you must have seen my expression because then you started laughing because I was just like, what? <laughs> like, I was so like, because I was also, I don't know, like maybe it's it's because I, I hadn't been I hadn't been in as, as many bands or something or I hadn't done as as much stuff where I had to not care what people's opinions were. But at the time, I was just like, I didn't have the thick skin to deal with that kind of stuff. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> but then, then of course, we went to like Zanato's or something or whatever, uh, maybe even to get beer for that matter. And like, uh, I remember like there was like some chick like, like fully like staring me down because I had like a sleeve of the shirt. She was like staring, staring me down for with the tattoo on my arm or something. It was. I don't know. It's weird. That was see in in like early two thousands, people actually cared about whether you had a tattoo on your arm. Like people care if you have tattoos on your throat or on your face now. But like, uh, was it Gucci Mane has the the tattoo that says "Burr" with an ice cream cone? <laughs> but, it's nuts, man. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny how just trendy tattoos are like everywhere too. Like all over people's fucking faces. Like, dude, don't fuck with your face. Like, I mean, that, Tyson, that's, com- that's sure. commitment. <laughs> that's commitment. You know, if, if yeah, Seriously. exactly. If you're Mike Tyson, where you're clearly not going to get a normal job in your entire life ever. Uh, okay, go for it. But it, 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 unless you are set where you just don't give a shit, um, you might want to think it through a little bit. Yep. Yeah. My, at the same time, I mean, if you, if you know what you want to do with your life and you're not screwing yourself up, you know, it's your life to live. Fully. Um, it's kind of interesting my uh my girlfriend's got her her brother has tattoos like head to toe practically uh full face everything um, wow. under the eyelids that, under the eyelids uh yeah yeah so he, if he flips if he flips his eyelids up i think it says adios something or other <laughs> um, so but it's funny because you know and i know i'm just like a relatively chill person anyway. Like I don't really judge anybody. Like, you know, yeah, you and I both did, grew up like in, you know, God Santa, type okay. settings. Like, well, Santa Cruz makes look like I say it like this. Santa Cruz, uh, also the place where they filmed, uh, one of the greatest vampire movies of all time. Lost boys. Hmm. Uh, I say Santa Cruz makes Berkeley look like the Bible belt. That that's how <laughs> I describe it. It's yeah, not a normal time. I mean, yeah, I, we, we could go on about, just the the people and Santa Cruz is a special special place to me, um, and it sucks because it's very different than when when we grew up in it. Sure as um, heck is. Everybody I talk to says it's all like chain stores and shit everywhere now. Yeah, um, same same old story. You know, gentrified. You know, the, the beach bum hippie is getting kicked out. Like it's it's a lot you know, of Silicon story Valley everywhere. kind of moving its way down south or whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, with with her brother, it's funny because you know when I met the guy right out the gate, like I don't, I'm, I'm just I don't know. Like I said, I, I judge people by who they are. I've known a lot of different people with a lot of different looks, and so I'm just totally cool. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like I'm not weirded out. I'm just like fascinated. Like sure. I don't want to make him weird by staring at it because I want to check out everything he's got. Um, but it was it's really interesting because some people will look at that and be like, oh my god, this is like creepy. And I'm just like, dude, this guy is fascinating. Um, and the number one thing that stands out is his eyes. He's got the softest, gentlest eyes. Like, so that uh, seems like a kind of a dope contrast. You get like this guy who's at, got ink everywhere and you would think he'd be like a built real big angry guy if, in terms of uh-huh. the, 
I, I, I now I grew up and you know I mean, on my dad's side anyway. I was raised by punkers and hippies, so clearly I'm comfortable with more extreme. And I, I I've found that honestly the the most hard edged people you ever meet will at least appearance wise seem to be the kindest people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, imagine this scene. I, I'm at a softball game with basically <laughs> nine year olds are playing. This dude's <laughs> out there cheering on the bench for his little girl who's out there pitching and he is genuinely excited not like that's, oh i gotta be here like he is that's so cool doped. like when nobody else is looking he's telling me about the progress and how all these kids are doing these gnarly things and he's super excited like super super cool that's like, so it, awesome i love this guy <laughs> so all right yeah. so pe- people want to know the dirt what do, what do you think? What 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 what, way, what ways could you embarrass the host of the show? <laughs> that's a that's a dangerous question to ask, or even honestly, like a like a any kind of dope things you we did. I mean, I you did audio for my band that time. That was freaking sick. That was super rad. Um, I don't know. You want to tell a story? Well, I don't. You tell it. Like, well, I'll, I'll tell this part anyway. <laughs> so I, I was playing a band, Arimathea. We lasted four years and change. Uh, if you go look up Scott Segler's first two books in his Galactic Football League series, uh, <laughs> in the rookie and the starter. Uh, so the little clip that's in there, um, that's us. But uh, I'll, I'll, we we were playing a, a Haiti benefit. It was just just to show you how old it was. Um, like. Uh, it was just after the big earthquake in Haiti, and we we're doing a benefit concert. It was in the outside of Qualcomm Stadium, probably our biggest show, one of our biggest shows we ever played. Uh, and then Josh came to do the sound or something like, because what was it? Like the audio guy was just kind of just farting around, not really paying attention to the bands <laughs> at all. Which, yeah, gee, so, that never happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, so, yeah, somebody forgot to buy him a beer and tell him he's important. Uh, yeah. No, so I was looking forward to seeing you. I'd never seen you guys. Yeah, because well, yeah, because you had moved out to Texas, I think, by the time that band had formed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, so I was sitting there, and you know, you guys went on, and you know, band was great, but the the sound was just kind of like eh. And so I was waiting for it to get better, and it didn't. And so after like the first song, I just went up to the sound guy, and I was like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Like you know, shooting the shit. And like, he was like, oh, doing sound for all these different bands and all this stuff. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm friends with the band. I work with them. He's, he's like, oh, you're their guy? I'm like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're real good. <laughs> of course you're bullshitting <laughs> your way in. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm the guy. Um, and I was just like, hey, man, if, if you want a break, I run sound for these guys. And he was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> You've I'm like, never I'm like, ran yeah, sound for us in your freaking life. <laughs> Well, I don't think I'd ever run sound for anybody in my entire life, actually. <laughs> oh, you did um, for the church back in the day a couple times, with, like went for, uh, in the youth group or whatever, way back. Yeah, when. yeah, push some faders around, but I did have studio experience. I was that's yeah. when I would. I already yeah, had you, you kind of knew ha- enough to apply it when I was trying to be my own personal Trent Reznor. <laughs> um, and so yeah, he just he was like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, just show me what you've done," and he gave me like the 30 second gloss over and so i just started moving stuff around and um it was rad because uh you know a bunch of uh, the fans came up to me after and they're like man that's the best sound they've ever had i was like score <laughs> well, what was sick is we did like that was like the first time i had done like some just secondary vocals or whatever and you you put on like the I don't know. Like the first time i ever was able to hear myself it was just like it amped us up so much like we our energy level when you can actually hear yourself and yeah, you can, funny t- how you that can works. tell yeah 
do you know one time I played a show? You actually, you met Rick. Uh, so you remember when you came out for, when I got married, and uh, mm-hmm. we kind of had a, like a jam session, like sort of my like sort oh. of de facto uh, bachelor party or whatever. I will never forget that jam session, but possibly for different reasons than you're about to say. So uh, okay, well, you feel, feel free to let me know later. Possibly, <laughs> we're not. Uh, but uh, Rick, me, Rick, and and Vince, who's the guitar player, um. He, we played a show and uh we were using house gear or at least the the amp because they had an amp there and vince had his his thing but they had a decent guitar rig and uh and you know we was like we were basically getting not basically we were were literally and i do mean literally not figuratively which is the way most people mean literally but we were literally being heckled by the sound guy as we were doing sound check. So, so Vince leans over to the microphone and is like, Hey, uh, this, um, this amp gets really kind of crackly when I try to turn up the mids and like the, the guys like, uh, you know, don't turn up the mids. It does that. So like, like literally like a lot of, uh, sound engineers, I think are frustrated musicians that never made it. I don't know if that's, maybe that's the cynical approach, but it seems to be at least partially true. Yeah. Something or, or failed studio guys that, you know, are mad that they can, they got to do something <laughs> live to make some money. Yeah. You actually speaking of like, uh, you played with a bunch of different bands. I mean, uh, like both bands that you've been in and then bands you've gotten to open for, I mean, you had uh, Zen Vendetta lasted for a bunch, and you had One Bad Pig that lasted for a little while, and then, but you've had a. Ch- I mean, didn't you like open for UFO back in the day? Yeah, we do. Uh, we had so that. Yeah, that's when I was with Zen Vendetta, and which was all based around me, me and a singer. So we put it together. Um, you know, most bands have the the two people that hold yeah. it all together. So that was me and the singer Scott. Um, dude was super awesome, um, but he could chat people up like nothing else um he just almost like you might likeable. have had experience with trying to have sound guys and making them believe you're like this hot shot sound guy <laughs> i i wish i had a fraction of his charisma um as as an illustration point i have never known anybody that could do this we got an opening gig for foreigner um at the mountain winery in, in Californian. Did you guys even have a recording released yet? We did. So we did okay. have a recording. It was just a four-track uh, EP. Okay. Uh, which was it, it was good. I mean, we recorded up at the Plant Studios, which is amazing um, out there. Same same room that uh, Metallica did a bunch of their albums with. Um, it's just super, super cool, man. Um, but this guy got us that foreigner gig by cold calling Live Nation. He no shit. Them and Dude, who who does that? Talked his way into getting us on a bill with foreign. <laughs> I, I literally, I, 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 there, I used literally in a, in a shitty way. Um, By the way, I, just a side note. <laughs> uh, apparently, if you go look at the dictionary now, literally, the the, the meaning that people um, use now, figuratively, it's the secondary definition. Kill me now, because irregardless is now in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a synonym of regardless. I, oh, also orientate or orientated it's not orientated it's oriented <laughs> orientated wow. so all right so he calls up live nation just cold calls them and yeah and over a period of i don't know a month or two just got to know some people and they put us on the bill and what was the venue uh that was the uh mountain winery so 
it's a, I don't know, 2000 seating, maybe um, outdoor up in the hills. And, and how long had Zen Vendetta been a thing? <clears throat> uh, maybe four years or so. Okay. That's, 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 a, you weren't nobody and, then. No. And, and we, we had played with UFO a couple times, so we were able, you know, to, to play that. I'm not sure. We had, we'd opened up for Chris Cornell at one point. Okay. Hold up. Oh, right, you, you definitely. If you have any stories about Chris Cornell, you may not. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorite do, vocalists actually. of all time, actually. Um, he was one of the most kind, amazing people I have ever brushed upon. Um, Dude, that's really super, cool. He, I, was, I was afraid you were going to be like, he was a total asshole. Like, no, no. To, now, fuck his manager. Um, so <laughs> so uh, we were playing at the Catalyst, and we were opening up for I Chris think that Cornell. club still actually has... Uh, is still doing shows, or at least not right now, but they were up until the shutdown. My favorite venue, uh, probably of all time. Um, that place was absolutely perfect. It has a history, too. Like, my dad played there way back in the 80s in the bands and stuff he was in, too. Yeah. Side note, uh, don't stage dive off of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was like 15 or 16 at an AFI and Fury 66 show, and I dove off the stage and people caught me. So I was like, oh, this is fucking fun. So I dove off the stage and people caught me. And then I dove off the stage and I faced Nobody the fucking floor. <laughs> and I crawled my ass up to one of the balcony and like laid there for the rest of the show. And that's, by the way, for people who don't know, the early uh, era of AFI, they were just as punk as any punk band could be. Uh, yeah, they were fucking hardcore. I, I don't yeah. know what they're doing now. I haven't continued. Yeah. But yeah. Um, So anyway, Chris Cornell. Um, so yeah, we were... We were after we did our load in, we got all our, our stuff set up. Chris Cornell's manager comes up and we're just chatting. And he comes up to us like, Hey, so Chris is about to come in and I need you guys to look at the ground. You do not look at him in the face. Uh, when he's walking by, you don't talk to him. You just keep going your way. Don't look at him. You just go do your thing. And we're like, what the fuck? So we figured Chris is just the biggest asshole on the planet. Um, and so we did like we, we avoided them we're like well that's kind of disappointing like yeah because like, like, like we, we all grew up with Soundgarden being Soundgarden being the shit dude Soundgarden yeah. greatly just shaped who, who I am as a musician yeah uh, like all of all of those bands especially uh, like Alice in Chains uh, on bass you know, so we're, we're, we're mentioning all of the bands whose vocalists have died by the way unfortunately well, add Nirvana into that bunch. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, so we might we might do a lot of non sequiturs about depressing stuff in this particular episode. Uh, can, please continue. <laughs> well, you know, the darkness makes the light more present. The, um, the way you say it, it sounds super cliche, but I actually believe that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so all right. So Chris Cornell, you yeah, guys are all disappointed. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we avoided him, and then so we played our set, and um, Chris, like, came up to us, like, as we were loading our stuff off, and he, like, shook my hand, and he's like, man, you guys are really great. That was fantastic. And he was just, like, chatting it up. And we're like, whoa, this dude's rad. And then, like, when, when um, Chris Cornell, it was his, his uh, solo stuff, so they played a mix sure. of um, Soundgarden and um, Audio Slave stuff. It's a, it's a mix. And uh, first thing he got up there, he was uh, he's like, "Yeah, thank you, Zen Vendetta for playing, man. I love seeing good local acts, and like, was super cool." And um, unfortunately, I had to kind of split because I had to, you know, cruise back and go to work the next morning. But um, the rest of the dudes hung around. 
Um, and they hung with him afterwards and, and were just telling me just how amazingly pleasant he That's was. That's really cool. And, you know, I haven't heard, um, like, I think, like, literally the only time I ever heard anything negative about him was from a report, like, a bunch of reporters that, like, accosted him, like, at an airport after he was, like, exiting a plane or something. But, yeah. like, who wants to talk to anybody when they get off the plane anyway? Yeah. I, Everything I've ever heard, he's always been super genuine and, and positive and stuff. Yep. Like, you, you can you can see it in people's eyes when they're genuinely good. Like, just cool dude. So... That's that's really yeah, cool to hear. Fuck his manager. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea what that was about. I, yeah. Well, who knows, man? Maybe maybe he had. I don't know. Who knows, dude? But at least at least you had a positive experience with it. So th- that probably taught. I mean, Sue Foreigner, Chris Cornell. Uh, any. That's probably about it. I don't know, man. Um. Yeah. We. Uh, there was a Journey and Def Leppard show, which was cool. Um, again, it was uh, one of those things where a singer just dude, this dude was amazing. Um, I wouldn't, I would try to like, be on phone calls with him, and I just I, again, I don't have that level of godly charisma. Like, right? I, I try, um, and I have made like lots of great things happen by just putting it out there and being genuine. But dude's uncanny good. That's rad. So, and then you've gotten into. Uh shoot well actually you were talking about stage driving i was thinking about the time that i almost got kicked out of great america oh yes that was <laughs> that squad five oh i no, think well no squad five squad five oh played that day but um when i almost got kicked out i almost got well there might have been a couple times i almost got kicked out but i was thinking <laughs> when when because pod was headlining yeah so so just for for, for background josh and i all albeit you know me being perhaps a little bit more uh, Christian in my orientation, neither of us are particularly stoked on Christian Christian establishment. Yeah, I can talk really. I get paid to speak and everything. Uh, <laughs> we're not as stoked on the Christian establishment, us personally, but you know, teach their own. Uh, at the time, we were very much still in that kind of uh, kind of edgier '90s, early 2000s youth group. We were we had that milieu going. And so we went to Christian Music Day at Great America, and they had a bunch of they had like what Project eighty six and oh, yeah. Squad five zero and uh, you know like um, obviously POD and you know other other bands that kind of had more of a, a subversive style. And um, what, what like we I think it was one of the first times I had ever crowd surfed, and mind right. you, I was blind at the time. <laughs> and yeah. it was, see it was like you me matt gabe i think wolf was with us uh and uh i i i folded up my cane and set it by the bench because it's just open seating you could basically hang out and just go to the different music venues and stuff and 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 people put me up and it was kind of fun to get passed around all above people's heads or whatever yeah uh so from my and perspective then, well because it happened twice cruise because like, it was two two times on 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 the second time, yeah, you had to have traveled at least 60, 70 feet away from me. Because like, I went you, up you the first started... time. I went up the first time, and I was like, oh, this is kind of fine. I went back down, and then somebody's like, hey, you want to go back up? I was like, yeah. And then they zoomed me right towards the barricade <laughs> by the stage. <laughs> and then, okay, so tell me what you saw at that point. 
So we started like right of center. And when you got picked up, you were just getting passed around over and over. Like you got, and I was trying to like keep up with you. It was almost like they were doing a relay of pass the blind dude dude across the. Yeah, fucking whoop. And I was like, holy shit. And so I'm like trying to get through people. And there, there wasn't a pit, but there was yeah, a was, wall was a, of people. For sure. And so I'm like trying to get through and you just, I can't bridge the gap. Like you are just booking. And then they, they get you to that edge all the way to the far side. And I just see these huge security guys like three grabbing you, man, and ripping you over the rail. And I was like, shit. <laughs> and so they're like dragging you like you had just committed some horrible, horrible act. And we're like dragging you to throw you out. And I'm like trying to get through people. And I'm screaming. Well, I'm like, I, I was like, at least let me get my cane. Uh, yeah, like that's how I was telling like. And I was like, he's blind. He's blind. Nobody's they, fucking listening. They thought, it, they thought it was just high or something, which I, again, this isn't my fully straight edge days. I didn't even drink then. So, yeah, man, I finally got through and I was like, he's blind. They're like, oh, well, he, he was cr- it's against the rules to be crowd surfing. I'm like, we're really sorry. He won't do it again. They're like, well, he better not. I'm like, we shouldn't like, have been doing it in the first place. He was blind. That's dangerous. <laughs> like, I remember that. They were like, I don't know. But, but yeah, that must have been something for you because, like, I remember I was, like, trying to convince them they wouldn't believe me. And then here you, Gabe, and I think or it was me, like you and Matt or whatever, rushing over, like, dude. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty rad. Um, there were so many good memories from that event. Um, one, you got us to skip all the lines because oh, well, yeah. being, being blind means blind you me- can't walk very well. <laughs> all right, cool. Didn't we go on Vortex like three times in a row dude. without getting off? Yes, and if you could have seen the glares, you might have been embarrassed, or you would have been, fuck it, I don't even care, because, yeah, people were not happy, but we're like, hey, handy pass. <laughs> I, I, I definitely pushed that to the limit a, a little bit more than I probably would today. <laughs> yeah, it's a different word. We were young as hell, too. Like. Yeah, well, you were like 18 years old, maybe. Yeah. I think less than that. Yeah. And yeah, that's where uh, we saw Five Iron Frenzy. The first time I saw people do backflips with a trombone, which was pretty yep. damn cool. I, I remember how you had the. Uh, did you have the guy from Reality Check sign somebody else's CD? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, that, although yes. that reminds me of the time that we saw Skillet, and I had the, the new guitarist sign the two CDs of the uh, that he wasn't on, and then he was so annoyed with me that he refused to sign the CD that he was on. Yes, and uh, he got annoyed because they had the new guy, and I kept telling him to play like the Rat Song or whatever it is off their first yeah. album. Yeah, He's yeah. like, I don't know how to play it. I'm like, I don't care, just try, because <laughs> that's how it works. Um, I think I, got, I did. I win the scream contest. There was some like scream contest where you got up there, and you're supposed, to, and I did that. My weird Lorda something or whatever that sounds vaguely familiar what you did do for sure <laughs> is i told you that there were klingons about 30 oh feet yes from us, yes this like, is when they like, had Kling- <laughs> this is when they had klingons at at, at uh, great america because it yeah. used to be uh, paramount's great america instead yep. of before it was six flags and i was like dude dude there's fucking klingons here and you're like where Full point get me up. Towards them. You're, you're like point me towards them and so i pointed you there in direction and i did and the, you, yeah. like the, yes. the death or the the, the, not the death thing. You were you were, you were running around doing death death challenges. You're like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're like, kapla. 
and totally got his attention. And dude runs over, puts his hands on your shoulders, like on the count of three, brother. We will true warrior. <laughs> and then he counts to Klingon in three, and we both scream at the top of our lungs and <laughs> scared the shit out of everybody else around us. I think you made their day. I guarantee. For that guy, not for a lot sure. Of people screaming Klingon. <laughs> I, I, I don't actually know that many Klingon words, but <laughs> yep. you know, yeah, there was that. There was also the the time that you almost brained me at Wendy's. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I totally forgot about, apparently. Yeah, well, I, I haven't. <laughs> so, yeah, no, note to self. Don't walk the blind guy into street signs. Well, and to, to be fair, I was like less than two years blind, I think, at the time. Yeah, that was, was, like, that was pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. You were also there multiple times when people thought I had a demon because I was blind. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but you know who didn't think you had a demon? That little kid in Mexico, dude. When we built this house, I, I I fucking cried, man. So when when I was I was seventeen, um, we went to uh, to Mexico with our our church, uh, just like Tecate, like this little tiny village outside of Tecate, <coughs> and spent like what I think each house took about three days. We had, there was a couple of teams. We spent of the five days there, we spent like three of them building the houses and kind of helping the community. And there's this little kid, uh, I think Francisco is his name, I want to say. Dude, yeah. He was I like totally five years old. It, but that was definitely was like him. five years old. And he was like, like he was there so happy to see us. And, and just like, he was tripped out. I don't know, like just that people were doing this or something. And I remember the last day, dude, he was sitting on my shoulders. And they they had to pry him off of me. That, that was a trip, dude. Like, I, because nope. like, you know, I don't know, man, like. Like after that day, like I knew, like I'd been in Santa Cruz and stuff, and I'd I'd been doing some stuff with homeless people or whatever. But like seeing what people were living in, dude, they were living in lean tos. You guys, lean tos with a freaking water pump about a hundred feet away from where they lived. Like, yeah. And they were happy to have a. They didn't have the infrastructure for for electricity, but they had a what like a two or three room house with maybe like a loft above or something like that was like what we were building for them. And they were overjoyed to have that much yep. space. Yeah. Stoked. Um, yeah. Those, those were some amazing experiences. Um, that's why all, all I can say about that is that if, if yeah. somebody listening has not given of themselves in that capacity, you should do it because you will get out so much more than you will give. And I know that's what everybody says, you know, but it's true. Um, and I remember you, you had got me into helping out uh, with the you homeless. Had down, you had come down to Elm Street, Street a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's Elm Street. Um, and yeah, yeah. Same kind of deal. Um, it's just perspective. You know, you got to be among people to, to have a, a real perspective on things. Because, I mean, like, you know, I, I love how people talk and this. I'm, we're not going to go super political, I, I think. Uh, we might, whatever. Um, <laughs> they took her jabs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be really curious to see what their next season is like, if they ever do one. Um, <sighs> they better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, like, we have we talk about the 1%. If you live in the U.S., you are pretty much the one percent. 
with yeah, exceptions. The world. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, how much, like, because you and I were both at the time, at the, at the age where we could basically eat with more or less impunity. Yep. More or less. Never and, had to worry about food. We did worry well, sometimes where we were going to stay, but I, I never went hungry. Well, well, not even that. I'm more thinking like in just in Mexico specifically. We never had to worry oh, yeah. about food. You're right. But you oh, remember yeah. how like for like eight eight fifty, how much food did we we ate? Probably like thirty dollars of of like of tortas and like street tacos and like you know two or three Mexican sodas and like 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 ridiculous like probably like I think I ate like ten tacos plus a torta and a quesadilla one night. <laughs> And I, I, and maybe like two sodas, I spent like eight fifty. Yeah. And that was probably quadruple paying, but we're just like, okay, here we go. Um, you know, what was, was also kind of a trip. This was the, this was the other weird experience for, and I don't even know what this means about, about Mexico or, or whatever, or how remote it is. Do you remember when you and I walked to the little village market to get that, uh, un litro de Coca-Cola? The, we had we got the Mexican Coke in the Mexican bottle, and we're walking back. And at the time, I did I did kind of look like Jesus because I had the, the <laughs> beard and long hair and stuff. And and uh, we saw those like twelve year old girls, and they were like they they asked if we were God people, like and they were looking up towards the sky, like 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 it, dude, like it it was weird because you know I'm I'm half Mexican and you know you came you know, have that background a little bit, uh, not Mexican, but whatever. Um, well, yeah. A fun story about that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the time we, at the time we were of, of, of under the, uh, expectation that you were like half Puerto Rican, at least yeah. I used to be half Puerto Rican. <laughs> um, anyway, so they, but like they, it, it, it made me think about like the origin of, of some of the Mexican countries, like when the Spanish came over and dealt with the natives and stuff, because, you know, here we are, we think, Oh, well, of course they know, you know, they, but they'd never seen like white guys before. And like, they thought we were like angels or something. It was just fr- freaking weird. Yeah. Like I had never experienced that. And I, I mean, not to say I don't have my faults, but thank God I'm not an asshole. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I can only imagine like, like when somebody, it, like the the amount of heinous stuff you can do if you go to places where people just don't have the experience to know, you know, preying on on naivety, it just trips, you know, like that's like the worst to me. Like when you go in, you you basically take advantage of somebody's ignorance to do them harm. That that's the, that's the stuff I have problems yep. with. Absolutely. Thankfully, that didn't happen, and you know, it was it was super positive or whatever, but. Yep. And maybe it was the cane too, because they thought I was like a it looked like a shepherd's staff or something. It was just. <laughs> Like I'm not joking. Like I, you, it sounds like I'm making a joke. I'm like really serious. This is I'm not exaggerating this 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 at all. You guys, it was just the trippiest thing. It was like this dirt town with like a a church. I think uh, like a bunch of these like three room houses, and then in the background alleys, you had a whole bunch of those lean tos and stuff. It was trippy as heck, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the first time I felt like I was not where. Like I, like I was the foreigner. Yeah. Like when, when you don't speak the language perfectly and, and everything's just a little like different. Now, granted, I wasn't isolated because we were with the, a bunch of people that spoke English and, and all that kind of thing. But yeah, it's an interesting feeling like the outsider. 
you know, and, and I think like, you know, what was, what was cool and, and, and you know, he might not have been so articulate to, um, cause he was five. Um, and we don't know how well he spoke Spanish either, but, um, as my Spanish was, was abysmal at the time. Uh, but I was just thinking about Francisco or assuming that's his name. Like we did, we treated them like people. You know, and I think that's, that's, I feel like that's, that's part of this, this whole adventure mind thing. And, and, you know, like, yeah, we can go like, oh, it's all about, you know, like, let's do crazy, scary stuff. And I think sometimes, like, we get into this spot where we forget the other person, the person, you know, like, right now we're all in this sort of weird, isolated state where we're all getting to arguments online. We're doing the, you know, like, you know, Oh, fuck you, I won't wear a mask and you know, like and, 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 and you're you're a horrible person because you won't wear a mask and and you know, like and I have my opinions on that and I do wear a mask. Um but <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to be a jerk about it. And you don't have to um and even if you have issues with, with the mask, you don't have to be a like we were saying, I think you, I don't know if we said this in the recording or if I'm repeating myself, but like you don't have to throw your latte in the face of the barista because she won't serve you because you won't wear a mask. There's a there's a limit, yeah. you know. Like if we if we yeah. treated people like people, you know, maybe we could actually come up with some solutions somewhere along the way. Yeah, there's a probably in the last couple of years it kind of clicked really. Um, you know, for for most of my life, I've tried to do things to better myself, whether gain understanding, gain perspective, whatever it is. And especially lately, I've really been focusing on shutting up and understanding what somebody is saying just to accept it for what it is so that they at least feel heard and then having a conversation about it. And sure, sometimes it's like if, I, if I start a conversation, um, you know, maybe I'll be more direct about it and be like, oh, this is what I think or whatever. Um but that is seeming to be the lost art, is nobody fucking listens anymore. Um, and just accepts that you can have a different opinion, and that's okay. And even if the opinion is horrible, like let's say, I'm just going to take this to the, the nth degree here. Let's say I'm having a discussion with somebody, and they think that, you know, we should kick out all brown people from the country. Again, absurd example, but I'm just going to give that example. If my reaction is to say, hey, fuck you, you piece of shit, you deserve to die, absolutely nothing will ever come from that conversation. Certainly not going to have a whole lot of influence with them and potentially getting them to reassess their viewpoint. Yeah, and and so what is... One of the things that um, I experienced at one of the Victor Wooten camps, which are amazing. If anybody, okay, th- th- yeah, th- this <laughs> is this is the other thing. Uh, Josh is an, is a kick-ass bass player, just for reference, and he got to train with one of the most amazing bass players ever. Kind, yeah, I I could rhapsodize about Victor and the camps all all yeah. day, but one of the things that he he is, expresses is like, what is your intention when you put something out into the world? Like what are you trying to do? What are you going to do? Is it effective? Is it positive? Is it good? Is it worthwhile? Is it pointless? Like, are you just spouting stuff to suck up energy or are you making the world a better place or, or what are you doing? And so the only way to conquer a horrible idea is with a good idea and to communicate it in a way where it makes sense. So even if I find somebody to be an utter piece of shit in their dogma, if I really am going to try to make the world better, or like I say the world, or just 
make a change in somehow you got to communicate and talk to that person on a on a respectful level you have to have respect because the second you don't have respect it just becomes a fight and the second it's a fight nothing changes you just go around and round and round and it, it drives me crazy when people are just fighting even with the best of intentions and going around and round and round so i would rather fight a horrible idea with a better idea it's the only way things are going to get any better yeah i can't say as i disagree <laughs> so so yeah i'm really focusing on that part of my life right now um and not being you know part of the fucking problem well and you know and the thing is too is like you've been through like some gnarly stuff i mean i don't know i think it's been a while since you've done uh you used to do crop mcgaw for a while you've done some kickboxing things you know it's like mm-hmm. and you've been in scraps like you know what it's like to fight yeah. And you know what it's like to potentially if i mean you know as much as i do you you knock somebody out and they fall on uh on concrete they could die like this yeah. is what people don't realize people get into fights and they're like well i'll show him or whatever and then you punch them and they don't realize and they don't have anybody around them and they fall backward and bang their head on the curb and they're now you're uh on the hook for you know involuntary manslaughter yep you <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I would never want to get in an actual brawl. Like that's just crazy. Um, and the fact that I have done training, uh, it's been a while. Um, unfortunately, because I had a couple accidents and had back surgery. And Gee, it's almost of- like driving a car <laughs> is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, being around other people driving cars. Yeah, yeah actually, it's funny. Did, have, you've had, I don't think you've had any accidents actually racing. It's just driving a regular car. You've had problems with, with accidents. Correct. Right? Uh, to be fair, I have almost launched my ass off of a mountain, though. Um, but I did recover. Um, so yay me. And <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's always something dumb. Um, and this one, I was stopped on the freeway, like all of the other cars in front of me. And this old lady just plowed me full speed. Um, launched me to the back of the car, jacked up my, my back. So I actually had to have um, surgery to, I don't know, kill some nerves or something. You can tell how uh, detail-oriented I am on this stuff. Sure. Um, but short stories, it works. I'm not in constant pain anymore. Um, but I'm not, I'm not back to doing any Krav Maga. That is incredibly intense. But but you the point is you've you've done some training and you've you know you've had a few scraps here and there or whatever not nothing too crazy but mostly when you're trying to make sure that like you 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 were always the the good one at kind of diffusing things I found like yeah you, I, you're not like a real you were never a real talkative guy but you knew how to like how to diffuse things at least when we were hanging out yeah I, I try to at least um, I've never been like one to pick a fight to settle a fight like I'm just like let's get the hell out of here nobody needs to go home bloody or fucked like it's just bullshit but yeah but to your point when when you've got you know martial arts training and you can lay somebody out it's really fucking important that you control yourself <laughs> yeah, knowing knowing when to fight is as important that i would almost even say more important than being able to fight Oh yeah, you know. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, go for it, dude. Uh, I was just gonna say. So, it's funny because you know I've been in Texas for ten, eleven years now. Yeah, because you you've been uh, 
I think you you carry, or at least you you have. Yep. So you know, as I say, when when in Rome. Um, so when I got here, I um, got into you know shooting guns and doing all sorts of stuff, and so I went and got my concealed permit. And one of the most valuable things was that process of getting that permit. And I recommend anybody, whether they plan on carrying or not, they should go through those classes. Um, at least get the the firearm safety training at, at minimum. Yeah, but you know, it was a uh, it was two days when I did it. It's less now. I think it's one day of training now. But it was twenty percent firearm proficiency and blah 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 blah, and eighty percent not shooting shit um, and understanding situations and how to de-escalate a conflict. Um, and it was just it, it was actually frightening um, in some ways. Almost uh, like the process is, is meant to dissuade somebody who didn't realize the magnitude of what they were getting into. It is. They, they made it very clear that the second you get in a conflict and you're armed, you are – the law is slanted against you because you should fucking know better. Because if you pick a fight with somebody knowing that you have the means to execute them at any point in time, that puts a uh, more onus on you to do the right yep. thing. Like, you know what you got. They don't. Yep. And one of the, the, I think the most effective thing was we were watching this video, you know, me and a group of, I don't know, 20 other people. And the instructor is showing us this video. They're like, all right, so you're in this parking lot and they're showing live, or not live, but they're showing footage, a recording of um, like Walmart or something. And there's this girl and she's walking out of the Walmart and this van pulls up right next to her. Dudes get out of the van, grab this girl, throw her in the van and start to take off. And so it's like, all right, you're right there. You're 10 feet away. You're armed. What do you do? And so myself and probably three quarters of the class were like, well, we pull out a gun. We got to stop a kidnapping. And he's like, yeah. And if you had done that, you'd be in jail. And we're like, well, what do you mean? And he says, that girl is 15. She's had some problems. She had run from home and she was out there. And that was her dad and uncle that went and got her to take her home. And you just made an assumption based off of very little data to pull a deadly weapon on people that had every right to be there and to take care of their family. And yeah, that scared the shit out of me because, sure. you know, it just shows you. And it we went over. You re, it made you rethink all of your assumptions about a whole bunch of stuff, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, whether or not to, to pull a weapon is probably the most important decision you could make at that time. Because even if you're right, if you fuck up, you could you be could financially shoot the girl. destroyed. Yeah, and, you, and even if, you, you might even be trying to rescue the girl. If you don't think it through, you might. I mean, how do you know you're not going to do something that's going to get her hurt? Yeah, or somebody else. Maybe you miss. You know, maybe there's another concealed carrier there's there that also has the same idea, and you now think he's part of the armed robbery, and you shoot each other. So there's there's like scenario after scenario that you really have to consider. And it really makes you question whether or not this is something you're, you are okay with. Um, and for the most part, I actually don't carry a lot with me when I'm out and about. Um, you know, and a lot of people say that's a mistake because, you know, you always want to have it just in case. You know, I, I keep it with me, especially in cars. And in Texas, it's legal to have a gun in your car even if you don't have a permit. Uh, God bless Texas. Um, <laughs> says, the, <laughs> says, says the mostly atheist. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, agnostic atheist. Okay. Oh, okay. 
I, yeah. I, I just, I find it slightly amusing as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and I totally forgot what I was saying. You were talking about oh, like, uh, you know, God bl- the run, driving around uh, and keeping oh, it yeah, yeah. in your car. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more to me like a secondary thing. Um, I'm very cautious of the whole hero He-Man syndrome that people want to go and, you know, be Mr. G.I. fucking Joe and go solve a problem. Like, no, I don't want to fucking shoot anybody, okay? But if shit goes down, I want to at least have an option that I may or may not even use. Sure. Because, you know, it, it is what it is. So I'm not scared about it, but it's just another tool like like the rest. Well, and I think that's the, the trick. So, like, um, the interesting thing, so the, the Japanese word for, for weapon uh, is, uh, and I'm to- please... Don't don't send me nasty emails and tweets and stuff because my Japanese pronunciation is horrible. Uh, but the <laughs> Japanese word for weapon is kobu. Um, I I know that because the the weapons curriculum that we teach uh, at our sort of non-working dojo right now because shut down. Thank you. Uh, is is kobu jitsu? So kobu the the word ko means toy. I mean not toy tool. <laughs> Definitely not a toy. Uh, ko means tool. Boo is is the uh, word for war. So, like when you're talking about bushi for warrior or bushido, the way of the warrior, um, boo. So it's basically the the tools of war. And as it was explained to me, it's it's both the um, I don't know if it's in uh, there's a maybe even the the it might be the character. I don't know if it's the the um, the character writing for for Boo or Kobu, uh, but it is like a a like a spear and a shield or something like that or reference. Basically, it's it's a tool to something about the the it being the same, given the right grammar or something, being the same word for peace. And there's some sort of like overlap. So like like the whole idea of restoring peace with with the tools of war or some something like that and i'm, I'm totally butchering this somebody who's like a linguistic ex- expert <laughs> but the point is but whether that's even true like the the whole philosophy of of gradient campo which is the art that i've been studying the longest is it's all about um creating and restoring peace yeah you want to know how to fight for sure but if you talk somebody down i'd say that's better oh yeah you know if if i can and I'm sure as heck not going to treat every situation the same. I mean, I don't know why it's always the drunk uncle. It's never the drunk neighbor or the drunk grandma. Uh, but, but you know, you go to your fam- the classic thing. You go to family reunion. You got the drunk uncle. You're not going to start throwing 12, six elbows down in his face. But you probably are going to, you might need to restrain him with like a, a pin or whatever. You might even need to put in, put him in a chokehold. Hopefully you know how to do it without hurting somebody, by the way. Um, and there is a way to do that, but you're not going to treat every situation the same. And, and situation, situational awareness is huge. Yep. Um, all right, I'm going to pause it real quick just to make sure we're not going over time. We don't have a hard time, but... Oh. All right. Because um, I don't know how late Justin can go, but... Okay, cool deal. All right. Situa- situational awareness is huge. I mean, like if you don't, I mean, that's why like, um, like, you know, I, I don't 
I don't drink a lot, and actually, I've cut way back in the last like month or two, mostly just for health purposes. Because you know, I, it's easy to drink more in quarantine and sheltering in place and lockdown and stuff. But like, if I drink more than say like a couple of beers, um, a I'm usually at home, or if I'm out, I always have other people with me because as a blind guy, I need to know what's going on around me. I can't end up thinking I'm talking to one person and be just so pissed drunk that I like end up starting something when I I don't mean to. And now all of a sudden I'm, you know, like that just, it just, you don't, and that's how people take advantage of you anyway. I mean, maybe they're not, maybe I'm not going to get into a fight, but you, you get into a situation where like, I remember one time, um, I was playing music with my dad actually up in Santa Cruz at the, was it the wave jammer or something like that. There was some, some, uh, open jam in, uh, I mean, it was a windjammer or whatever, but someplace out in Aptos. And, you know, I'm just I'm having a couple of beers and playing bass here and there. And uh, I take a sip of a beer that uh, the uh, guy offers me a beer. I'm like, hey, thanks, dude. And it's it tastes funny. And I take like two sips. And I don't think beer's supposed to taste like salad dressing. And and thankfully, I, I said something to my dad. He's like, yeah, "Well, don't don't finish it." And you know, it's funny. I did some research later. Uh, just I don't know. I, or I, no, I was listening to somebody tell a story about getting roofied, and they're yeah. talking about the way the beer tastes, and it tasted. And they were describing it I was like, "Holy shit, that was yeah. the beer that I was drinking that night." Like, I don't know what the guy planned. You know, like I don't even. He might not have even. It might there might not have been anything wrong with the beer. But I was just like, you know, just to be safe, let's let's pay attention. If you were so far gone that you can't tell, because there there have been times I when I was younger, uh, I will say, where um, I didn't realize I picked up somebody else's beer because I was it was it was New Year's Eve and I was in my twenties and stupid, um, and I was fine. But I was at a bar and I picked somebody else's beer that I didn't even come with. And so, like, if you're that far gone, you're making those types of mistakes, you're not paying attention to the taste of things. You, you got to pay attention to your surroundings so you keep yourself safe. Yep. You know? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not a huge fan of being out of control. Yeah. Um, especially uh, when you see a lot of people use that as an excuse, like, oh, I was just drunk. Well, eh. you also know how you got drunk? You drink, <laughs> yeah. You know, you if if you know <laughs> that drinking <laughs> makes you do certain things or puts you into a situation where you're okay with doing those things, that's on you. Well, it's um, like people who are surprised when uh, they have sex and become parents. <laughs> well, you, you yeah. know, the number one cause of pregnancy. <laughs> well, I'm not saying <laughs> pretty much. You know, like, you know, like if you if you. It now, yeah, you can take. You, know, you got to at least think through the 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 results of possible consequences of your actions just a little yeah. bit. Oh, that that's where I'm a dick too because I'm like, you know, somebody has a baby, I'm like, oh, whoopty fuck, you're having a baby. Wow, that was hard. Like, <laughs> well, for the dude, for the dude. Let's be fair. Boom, boom. <laughs> oh, 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 dude. All right. Okay. All right. Took me a second. <laughs> But yeah. But anyway, man. Well, well, dude. The, like this. Is, I mean, we could probably go for a long ass time. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, so you, you I want to make sure because you've been doing something that I think is rad. I want to make sure we get to this. And okay. obviously, if there's anything else that you uh, that you 
get into some more. So you've done a couple of things more recently that I think are really cool. So um, you can t- take your pick on which one you want to talk about first. So you uh, you started when all of the music venues were shut down. You started doing uh, helping a couple of bands do live stream shows. And yep. that was sick. Uh, and then what you've also done is, I don't know how long you've been at this, you started getting into uh, sound design and uh, film scoring and stuff. And I think right now you have a, a stereo setup. I don't know if you're doing, I don't think you said you were doing surround sound because that's a whole nother setup, but you've been starting to do some uh, some film work. And that's, dude, that's, that's a step. Because I remember in like, I don't know, 99-ish, there, thereabouts <laughs> earlier, like maybe you've been playing bass for a little bit, but like I got you started on bass, I think. And then you just ran with it and you took it over and kept going and going and going. And you do more musical stuff than I do it all right now. And it's, 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 it's as your friend, I'm stoked to see you just run with that shit. Wow. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure, dude. Well, be- before I jump into that, I will say the feelings are completely mutual. Um, because yes, you, you really inspired me with bass specifically. Um, and, uh, seeing the things that you are doing and conquering is an inspiration in myself. Um, and so, yeah, with the, uh, with the whole shutdown and everything, um, I, I'd say the, the biggest thing that I miss is, is music. Um, like uh, my girlfriend and I were, we're going to shows at least once a week, if not twice. Well, you do live um, near Austin. That kind of helps. <laughs> yes. Um, though as surprising as it is, Austin is, uh, they, they call it the music capital of the world. At least Austinites do. Um, oh, a few others do. People who <laughs> wish they lived in Austin. Um, but it's funny because there are a lot of local bands here. Uh, but it seems like most of the big acts just pass right through. It's San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas. Um, so we're actually traveling all the time and it's not too bad being near Austin. We're three hours shy of, of any of these major cities, two to three. So it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, there's, so there's, there's a lot of good music here. Um, but mostly, mostly local band stuff and yeah, man, not having a music outlet's killing me, especially in the metal scene. Um, so we've kind of, uh, there's a club here that, we really like um, kind of hit or miss. If if you if right. you either love it or hate it, it seems like half the people love it, half the people hate it. But it's called Come and Take It. Um, sound is always fantastic, which you know me. Like if the sound's fantastic, well, that's, well, that's why I'm I mean, there. Like, well, so. I, I remember. Well, and you've both visuals and sound because you've been a big gamer for a long time. For the longest time, you had the biggest hit on consoles for like a decade <laughs> because the graphics, in your opinion, were subpar. And fact. they probably were. And you're like, fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, but you've always paid attention to the fidelity of your visuals and your sounds on whatever, whether it's TV or, or whatever. Yep. Yep. And, um, so you're going so, to this place and you, so yeah, we go there it's a big thing and nothing's happening right now. So, um, I've got a buddy, um, named Jimmy, who's out in the Bay area. Um, Super, super cool dude. Um, he's he used to be a major talent buyer, um, and just one of the coolest guys I know. Um, funny enough, uh, I've only met him once. I met him at a, at a Clank show. Um, his band had shout out to up. Clank, dude. Those guys <laughs> and dude. By the way, uh, shout out to Clank, who's in. Uh, it was the trippiest thing, dude. We used to hang out, listen to Clank and Circle of Dust, and all those guys back in the day. And I remember. Uh, 
you know, obviously hanging out in downtown Santa Cruz in the boardwalk. And then here I am seeing Clank post on Facebook, him and his, uh, his pit bull hanging out in Santa Cruz. That was the weirdest. That was, that was the trippiest thing, man. Yeah, it, it's it is so unbelievably cool meeting your heroes, uh, especially when they especially turn out when to be really they turn cool out dudes. to be good people. Yeah, yeah. And then like when I like it's funny because that, the transition was pretty fast. Like when I first met him, I was like, "Oh my god, it's fucking Clank!" And I'm like, dude, and for people who are into like the underground Christian music scene, especially like 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 uh, industrial and metal and stuff, the Clank especially in the mid to late nineties, actually all through the nineties and into the early two thousands was like, he, he was, if, if there were multiple gods in Christian music, that, that would, that he would be yeah. a dude. So over about the span of a year, he went from being like God status to like a friend that would just chill, yeah. you know, text him or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, yeah, super, super cool. Cool dude. Great friend. Um, so this guy Jimmy. So yeah, so um, on one of my tangents here. Yeah, that's all um, right. Gee, I never have those. So Jimmy told me that they were doing a shelter-in-place music festival. Um, so out in the Bay Area, they do the Sofa Fest, which is an actual, you know, physical sure music fest in the Sofa District in San Jose. And he's like, "Hey, we're going to do this remote because people need to fucking play shows, and this is not going away." Yeah, and so I was like, and this, I think this is like March. Even this is like early on. I think. Yeah, right? I'd, say, I'd say so. I'm horrible with time frames, but but, it, but I, I remember right. it being pretty early on into everybody having to stay home. Yep. And so there's this uh this band that I, I had uh I met them. They they uh, I don't know if they opened up for us or we opened up for them. Whatever they are, there's a local metal band called Runescard. And super great dude. Of dudes. course, they're a metal band, and they're called that Runescard. <laughs> I don't even know what to classify them as. I mean, I, I don't know, but it just makes me think of like uh, of Metalocalypse because because <laughs> had HBO Max now, so like I've been like going through and watching them like try to go to the grocery store and buy food, and Nathan Explosions like measuring out glass or uh, 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 rice and putting into the the shopping cart. It's like uh, two cups of rice, and then everybody else is just buying booze. <laughs> so. But anyway, Runesguard. <laughs> so yeah, Runesguard's again super good dudes. I, I have a tendency of finding just good people. Uh, it's probably because I cut the shitty ones out of my life as fast as I can. Yeah, um, yeah you're pretty pretty cutthroat, but in a good way. I yeah. Again, I'm gonna try it, to not, not going to go on a tangent again. I promise. Sorry, finish this thought. <laughs> um, and so they had wanted to do a live streaming show. Anyway, they were already kind of working on this idea. Right. Um, of doing uh, a live stream show. And so they hit me up and said, hey, you know, is this something you want to be part of? And I said, fuck yeah, let's do it. I got a mix board. Um, we could probably plug it into your audio interface. Uh, I don't know shit about streaming because um, I just, I'm, an, I'm too old for that shit. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, did, we set up a streaming show. Uh, we fucked up the sound. It uh, wasn't our fault. We just had something misconfigured but when jimmy said hey do you want to do this this virtual festival i hit them up and said hey i think uh, i think you guys should do this um we'll do this again you can come over to my studio i'll set up the mix board um and at the time one of the guitar players um was not going out um because uh you know the whole COVID thing sure um, and he's got he's got concerns um sure 
you know, he's at higher risk than other people. So he's like, right. not fucking around. And we're like, yeah, don't fuck around. Yeah. Yeah. We want you to be alive and play shows <laughs> like, when it's safe to do so. Yeah. And, and at that point I wasn't taking COVID as seriously. I mean, I knew it was a problem, but you know, we didn't know a lot. So that probably well, a lot was, of us, well, a lot of us didn't know a lot, especially that first month we were trying to just wrap our brains yeah. around what, so, everything that was happening. That probably was February or March then because yeah, shit had not completely hit the fan yet. Um, and so, we, yeah, we did this thing where they, they came over. Um, uh, this uh, The lead singer, Ven, he's got a, a friend of his, um, this dude named Brandon, who's a, who does work as a director of photography. And they have their own little side film business that they do, uh, making indie flicks. And so they brought, you know, a good DSLR and we, we did it the best we could. Um, dude was going around with a fisheye lens and panning all over the room and I'm mixing it and it sounded really damn good. Um and because one of the guitar players couldn't make it, we decided that um, instead of doing it as a true live stream event, we went right. ahead and pre-recorded it and then played it back um, at that live slot where everybody was like going to this virtual gotcha. So, so was the, the the guy that was isolating was he able to record his part or what? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Dude, he that's had a little. So cool. He, he had a laptop um, and he recorded his part. And we added him in, and it was great because we we acted like he was there. He was there. Ah, oh, that's um, so cool. And so, so yeah. So the uh, it was funny because uh, you know, Ven was just like at one point he he's like, and you know, here's our guitar player Skunk. Say hi, Skunk. And like we're just like standing there doing nothing because we're like we're assuming Skunk's gonna say hi now. <laughs> um, that's so cool. And so, anyway, it, it turned out really good. And you can actually see this on YouTube today. Um, it's still up there. It's like the Rune Scarred. What should people search for? Uh, it's Rune Scarred, which is Rune like Viking runes. Are you any? Yep. And then Scarred like you've got a Scarred in the past tense. Oh, so two words. One word. R u n e s c a r r e d. Yay! I can spell. That, that, that California high school proficiency yeah. for age 14, yes, that's a real thing, you guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> paid off well, I guess. <laughs> yes, and tomorrow we're working on colors and shapes. Um, and so, yeah, it turned out really good. Um, and there were some other bands that blew my mind. Uh, another band called Earthcrawler. Um, I guess one of their that's members. A name for a band. Dude, they are insane. And it's another thrash kind of uh, okay. heavy band. Almost um, like like creator or Slayer or something like that. Um, I don't even know. It's it's not. It's thrashy. It's proggy. It's it's not fucking boring. That's what I'll say. Okay. All right. Um. So yeah, Earthcrawler, fantastic. So yeah, you look for them too. Their sofa video is on YouTube as well. And one of the dudes, I guess, does visual effects for Hollywood flicks. And so their video is fucking nuts, dude. Like it's got like virtual reality like shit, and you're like flying through like fucking space and going all over the fucking place like we're like That's holy right. shit okay they get the overachiever award jesus um <laughs> but super, super badass um so yeah it was just kind of our way of trying to do something during these crazy times and uh i think it worked really well i think uh, if you take it seriously and you don't just like put out shit um because yeah it seems like a lot of people uh, when they just, do these virtual just put things, out, oh whatever. They like set it's up like, their, well, dude, their phone. Like, you're watching like, uh, so so I I don't watch regular TV like a lot. I don't you know I'm I'm not going to pay sixty eighty hundred bucks a month to watch five channels, <laughs> uh, but I do watch like Seth Meyers and and people like that on YouTube, and dude, their their you their stuff from home is like worse than like twelve year olds in their basement on their vlog channels. Yeah, if you're like gonna how, do it, do it like, right. Do some production that like, takes some effort. Yep. Have <laughs> some damn pride. 
Um, and yeah, and to, on that note of having pride, um, really leads into the film stuff. Um, oh, was this like a like LGBT project or something? Or no, no, I mean like oh. pride, like oh. like oh, like, okay, like the All dictionary right. definition. Got um, it. Prior Got to to got pride it. pride but i mean you could have pride too i mean yeah for sure whatever version of pride you got school <laughs> maybe 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 uh be a little slow in your role for the white pride stuff but you know. yeah okay maybe <laughs> Damn it. i'm Man. ever the contrarian now you're welcome I'm, now i'm gonna get doxxed thanks joshua you're welcome <laughs> uh, so I've, as we've mentioned, I've been doing the, the band and musician thing for, for a while. And I learned one very important thing, which is you can't make any money at it. <laughs> it's insanely hard. Um, and I've actually done, you know, I would say better than a lot of local bands, you know, sure. by, by at least some standards. Well, I mean, it doesn't help having a smooth talking lead singer that gets you that cold calls live nation for you. <laughs> he was our mojo. Um, and the music was pretty good too. I mean, put some credit there too, but, um, it's just a brutal, brutal industry. Um, and I, I hate the music industry and, um, the industrial part of that. Um, but so it's, it's just very hard to make money. And I think the most we ever made is we actually were on a TV show, uh, competition over. Was that the, the make a star? Yeah. Like battle of bands kind of thing. And we, we, we won 10 grand, which is absolutely amazing to me. I'm like, Oh, Wow. The first time we actually were cash flow positive for a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I started getting into doing engineering, um, like mixing and production, uh, because you actually get paid. Um, and you don't actually have to give a whole lot of fucks. And what I mean by that is like, because it's not your music, you get to just focus intensely on bringing out the best yep. of somebody else to the best of your ability you get paid and then you never think about it again. It's incredibly freeing. Um, and did I mention? And you then get when paid? something good, <laughs> well, and then you, at the same time, like you might have those gems where you're like, I got to be part of that. Yeah, it's, and I really do like bringing out the best in people. I think it's incredibly fun. Um, and so that kind of led me into that side to make money. Um, and then I started thinking, well, you know, if I can do this in music, maybe I can do this in film. Um, so I had a friend of a friend that, you know, does visual effects for, you know, Hollywood shops. Like he's a, quite specifically making Thor's hair glow. Um, I should hook you up with that guy. He's got some great visual effects stories. No, but, I'd yeah. love to hear. Yeah, but, definitely. But yes, every strand of hair in Thor's head had to be glowing and blonde and beautiful. Because well, you have to, you know, he has to be, a, he's a god. So, of course, you know, even when he is a, an overweight uh, uh like uh, Fortnite addicted God, he's still a god. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for uh, uh, Endgame, by the way, you guys. Anyway, I, I think we've we've crossed the, the threshold where if you haven't seen it, you probably won't. Anyway, yeah, you know, there's a statute of limitations on movies, and we are well past the spoilers on this one. <laughs> um, but so so he got you going on the the film stuff, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, so. Uh, they were doing some um, some advertisements for some like indie games and some indie movies and hooked me up with a LA producer and you know I did a basically a WebEx with them and they're like hey we need somebody to to do sound editing and they're like can you do that and I was like yeah yeah no problem 
I had no idea how to do sound editing. Um, it sounds like you 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 uh, hail from the Henry Rollins school of uh, computer career advancement. You, you know you had to act sure. You you know how to how to do this sure. Are you a writer <laughs> sure? Well, I may not you have figure known, it out as you go. I may not have known the specifics, but I know one thing, and that is if you really bust your ass and show up, nine tenths of it's just putting in a sweat. So. Right. Um, I figured that this is within my means. I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm saying I can like fly a rocket ship or something. I mean, it's, I do have experience manipulating sound and all that. So how hard could it be? Um, and so, yeah, I signed up with them. Um, they asked me like what my price would be. And I had no fucking clue because I didn't even know what you charge for stuff like that. So I was just like, you know, uh, a lot of my work I found, you know, is usually over budgets for small indie films. So um, what's your budget for this film? And then uh, we'll see if we can work it out. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we've got about 600 for sound. I'm like, you know what? I can make that work. <laughs> I had no idea that I signed up for like. I don't know, a hundred hours of work. <laughs> well, but you know, figure this though, you're getting paid to learn. Exactly. And so, uh, so yeah, I took the gig, uh, immediately went to Amazon, bought two books on how to do sound and dialogue editing <laughs> and pounded those books as fast as I could. So, so, so the, the whole thing, um, and this is going to be a longer episode, but, uh, I, th- I think people enjoy it. Uh, the, uh, the the whole idea behind uh, an adventure mindset is about doing the difficult and the scary, right? Because how do you become stronger? Um, you become stronger by doing hard stuff, by stress, you know, literally tearing your muscles and having them rebuild. And you ha- you don't develop courage by avoiding things that are scary. You do courage by running towards your fear and making your fear work for you. And you, it sounds like you did exactly that on, on the, the film thing. Dude, there's a, there's a recurring theme with successful people, and it all has to do with mindset. Um, and again, a lot of this stuff you hear constantly, but it, it doesn't really sink it in. It helps when you actually hear it play out. Like, you could hear the, the principles, but until you hear examples, it doesn't usually resonate with most people. Yeah. There's, there's a few kind of guiding points and this is where I'll try to make it like a little more serious here instead of just, uh, you know, talk about good times and and fun stories. Um, there've been a few things that have changed my life. Um, one of them, uh, was that probably 10 years ago, I, I did this program, um, called the musicians mentorship, something or other program. And, um, this dude that does it, uh, really, he he admits that he takes a lot of it from Tony Robbins, and it just repackages it hey, in a way what? that That's musicians okay, man. understand. Like, to, to, like Tony Robbins gets a lot of shit, but I, I will tell you this right now, you guys listening, um, you know the the program that he released, "Live with Passion." It's a six at the time audio tape, I think, but it was six CD set or whatever that I had, and literally the principles in that set, almost it's were a huge part of me being able to save my marriage. Like I, I almost lost my, my marriage, my lovely wife, like back in 2008. And it took a long time for us to sort through our stuff. But no, I mean, maybe you have to spit out a few bones, but there's some meat in there. So don't, don't dismiss Tony Robbins as being entirely worthless. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff there. I'm as logical and rational as people come. Um, I have a very difficult time just jumping on the emotion train, like yep. where everybody else is, you know, getting hyped up and, and whatnot. Um, That's why you've kept been able to keep me from doing stupid stuff, like when we're on our young and stupid days. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's very, very logical minded. Um, and so, one of the the things that really 
made sense to me that that clicked was something you said where you can never connect the dots looking forward, but you can always connect the dots looking back. And so you don't know how you're going to get to where you need to go in life until you've already gotten there. And so you need to, to live your life always looking and developing those opportunities because you have no idea what a little thing is going to do to become a force multiplier to really blow up yep. a future part of your life that you didn't even know existed yet. Yeah, I mean, I did um, surfing by accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I literally just went because, like, well, I don't have a job now, so I have freedom to go try this. Try this. <laughs> oh, I'm good at it. Cool. I'm better at that than the other thing. All right, let's do that. And, like, literally, that's... <laughs> You know, but yep. and so this this whole idea changed my life um, because I was like, yeah, you know, I can see it. And I started applying what I could see, which was like, OK, well, you know, I, I played like with Chris Cornell. How the hell did that happen? Because a lot of people think it just magically fell in your lap. It's like, fuck, no, it didn't. You we put in work busting our ass. How did it happen? Well, because we were uh, I was literally driving six hours in one day to go practice with the band relentlessly and what was i doing i was stuck in traffic i was at the same time while doing one mile an hour reading a cisco networking book getting proficient at networking shit and so i was never wasting a moment trying to always use that time and so that was one thing and then mindset was another um and so there was a a concept of almost brainwashing yourself into not having the negative thoughts and to building, you know, always building, always, you know, stepping up to the opportunity. And so what this all leads up to, uh, which is what I really like about your, your warrior mindset and, and the adventure um, side of things is that um, in this last year, um, with all this, you know, shelter in place and garbage, uh, necessary, important garbage, but frustrating still still clearly <laughs> not something we would choose to do all things being equal yep <laughs> but w- one of the things that we did is uh in victor wooten's camps i was planning on going back to the camp this year and couldn't um but he decided to uh do the zoom you know shelter in place version sure, sure. um so he had you know people there and, and it's a magical magical place i'm not going to go into more detail because it's just going to spiral into yeah, no, you, you, you told me some stuff and like after your first experience and i'm like dude if I ever get uh, truly back into bass uh, and music again, I'm I'm 100% finding a way to go. Yeah, life changing. Um, one of the one of the things that their guests um, this year over the shelter in place, right? He's a and I can't remember his name. I'm a horrible person, um, but he brought up this uh, this idea of incantations. And I know a spooky word. Ooh, what does that mean? Um, so is that are those level three spells? Is that, <laughs> do you have to learn a fireball first? <laughs> fireball, fireball, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> I'm attacking the darkness. <laughs> oh, All right, we're old. Inside anyway. jokes on a podcast of people who totally don't understand what we're talking about. Love it. Yeah, I don't run my own podcast. You can tell. Um, but basically, what he did, and he he illustrated. He said every morning when he gets up. He says this special incantation that he built for himself, which is really just words that are meaningful to him, doesn't share it with anybody, and he just says it for 10 minutes every morning. And it changes his mindset. And it and doesn't it's, matter. It's, and and I've, I've done this kind of stuff too, so it's, it's, not, it, it's not magic, you guys, but it, it, you absorb 
the the meaning of this thing to you, so that it, it becomes your predominant thought. It's it's focus. Um, and like I've I've looked into many 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 different things in life. Um, and like one of the things like people talk about are, are mantras and you know. It didn't Similar really type of thing. didn't have a great effect on me when yeah. I was you know practicing and learning about mantras, and I think the biggest thing is because it was too detached from anything that means to me. It's just it's interesting noises, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't mean anything. Um, what this guy proposed was to come up with things that are deeply meaningful to you, whether they're true or not. You say them as if they are, um, and it really starts to to change your focus. And so one of the things that I had mentioned earlier was that I'm really focused on really focusing on understanding people and essentially not being a dick. Um, and so on this topic of, you know, the adventure mindset and, and, you know, really taking things on, um, there's a part of it, um, that if, if you don't mind, I'd like to, to yeah. share with you part of one of small part of my incantation, um, because it's extremely meaningful to me, and it has really, really helped guide me where I'm going right now. Um, and I've been doing this for the last couple months, I would say. Um, and one part of it is what I give is quite enough, because when I give, I have nothing left. Self-respect requires sweat. And I always sweat. I always persevere. I accept myself, and I accept my fears. That is a part of my daily thing that I repeat. Um, and again, it really helps you focus when you're scared shitless. Like I'm, I'm getting jobs right now that uh, involve work that I'm not particularly skilled at, but I'm figuring it out and having that mindset. As long as you get, fit, get it done faster than you need to have it. Yeah. yeah. And, and accepting it. It's okay to be scared shitless that you're yeah. in, uh, you're in weird territory and you may fail. But that's okay because it's not failure when you're chipping away and you're bettering yourself and you're getting a little further and a little better and just accepting yourself. Accept the way that you feel, acknowledge it, own it, and then blast through it. So, dude, that's that's deep, dude. That's deep. Um, that's that's a hundred percent. You know, that's the thing, man. Like, like one of the things that. Um, people think like, you know, we've had like martial artists and we've had, you know, a couple of surfers on here and, and, you know, like we've had a, a range of people even so far. And it's not always about whether you jump off of buildings or whether you pedal into big surf or you, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's about like, like, like what you're saying is it's okay to be afraid, man. You, you acknowledge it and you, you let that, because when you when you try to pretend something doesn't exist, you try to like like when you like put your sticking your head in in the sand from the truth, how can you get better? Yeah. It's like like um, you know like I, I I have still some like some issues with money sometimes, and I have to be in the right headspace when I look at my bank account because I know that something's coming out, and I have to go. You know what? Forget it. I'm I, I'm I'm going to pull up my 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 banking app and I'm going to look because not looking isn't going to make me not have isn't going to make me not have paid that automatic thing that just went out. It could be something as simple as that. The the mindset that you're talking about though, and and that's I think that's where I was going is like you could apply that regardless of what an adventure is. You know what's difficult and scary for one person isn't the same thing that's difficult and scary for somebody else. Yeah. But if you can confront that and head do that head on like you're talking about, 
you, then you're living life. Life isn't living you. Yep. You know, and that's, and honestly, so, I mean, that's, that's, it's because aside from the fact you and I have been friends for a long time, that's why I wanted to have you on because you get that. You understand what this is about, you know, and, and like, I, I think people seeing this from, from different viewpoints, different, different little facets in this, this cool prism of life of just seeing all where the different things go. Um, I think that's what's going to make us better and allow us to actually, if we can all confront our fears and, and, and make our fear work for us, then maybe we can start being a little nicer to each other. Yeah. You know, and so surrounding yourself with people that don't make you feel like shit that because helps of your fears. <laughs> that helps too. Helps a lot, actually. You know, I look at you as somebody that I could call and if I'm fucked up, I can tell you about it and I'm not going to get judgments. I'm going to get yep. a brother. And this is, it comes back to the understanding, you know, you don't got to always be talking. Sometimes it helps just to listen. And I'm horrible sometimes about that. I'm always trying to fucking fix things and tell people, blah, blah, we'll do this. And and that's why I say I've got that, that incantation to help try to change that aspect and be focused on it. Because if I'm not, I'll just be in la la land. And I want to keep developing as a person. And so, you know, nothing changes if you don't make change. Sounds stupid, but it's true. <laughs> it's, it's true. And, you know, like I said, all right, so if you want to go all piffy and stuff, a thing that I've been saying a little bit, and I, I don't know if I stole it. Uh, I might have actually stole it from uh, from Hunder Singh, who was our first guest here. Uh, but uh, something he would have said, and, and so I, I say it, is make friends with change, uh, you know, so you can enjoy the gift of the present. Because if you don't make friends with change, you know, like you're you're going to miss all the cool stuff that happens. Yeah. Dude. And in, in the the full circle story. Okay. After all of this stuff has happened <laughs> and uh my my previous band exploded with a really bad friendship breakup, um lined right up with a uh, RuneScards bass player retiring and they asked me to join their band. So now oh, dude. I am so- going to be playing with RuneScard. Uh granted there's no shows right now. Um, <laughs> but that's pretty darn cool. That's a, that's a sick name for a band, and, and it's rad that you were able to be a part of that. That's awesome. So, you know, I, I can play seven of the songs, and we haven't practiced once as a band with me in it yet. But in theory, you, when all there. this shit finally settles, <laughs> we'll be playing some shows. So you heard it here. So when, uh, when um, I don't know, like, I was trying to think when if they resurface OzFest, you know, maybe we'll... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never know, man. Uh, they were doing good things before I even knew about them. Um, like they, they opened up for, for Metal Church and um, like Death Angel and a, a bunch of really great stuff. Or nice. it might have been a Morbid Angel. I'm horrible because. Well, no, it, Death Angel it was, fits. Too. It was one of the angels, damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's what I appreciate. We had them, same mindset, you know, always kicking ass. So. Anyway, that's where right. that that's where it is. You can't connect that's the dots a nice little, looking uh, forward, but you can connect them looking back. <laughs> beautiful, and I, I think that uh, well, uh, that's a good way to end it, man. Thank you so much for being on the show and uh, uh, and you know being uh, being my friend for all these years. So uh, right on, man. Uh, any last uh, piffy word? You got any little sound bite that that you know that that somebody could make a magnet of? I got one thing, and you know it's coming. <laughs> Chicken nuggets. <laughs> Chicken nuts, baby. All right. 
<laughs> Ask me about it later. Adventure is a state of mind. How you live it is up to you. 